Hi, this is Janine Bolin with the Writer's Hour Creative Conversations. And today I happen to have Beanie Mann with me. She is the author of Happiness Matters. Absolutely love the cover. Unleash Your Superpower in Seven Easy Steps. And we are going to be discussing many of those steps today. But first of all, you got to learn a little bit about Beanie to truly appreciate. You know, you hear people talk about happiness all the time. Listen, what this woman went through. She was born and raised in Germany. There she met a handsome young soldier in the US Army where she then had two sons. Then she ended up getting the Shield of Sparta, heroine of the Infantry Award, just because she was able to encourage and empower people. Then she got the Outstanding Civilian Service Medal from the Department of the Army, and she has been changing people's mindsets for 30 years. This woman knows what she's talking about. Now, I don't want to ruin the story that is in here, but let's just say didn't have the best parenting than most of us uh, have been fortunate enough to have. So Beanie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's, it's, a, it's my pleasure. It's exciting for me to be able to chat with somebody about happiness and joy, who I can truly says have, has every reason not to be after you uh, read Beanie's story about that. And so we won't dwell too much on having uh, being in the pits of despair, except if you wanna share a little bit about that, I'd like to kick off with, the difference, because you spe specify it so beautifully in your book, the difference between happiness and contentment. And you start us off by saying, contentment is making the best of a situation, but still work for me. I love the way you did that. And then happiness is the biggest vibration in the universe. So start wherever you want, but that's kind of the framework I'd like us to start with. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I love it. Yeah, so for, for a long time, so my upbringing was less than spectacular. There was, yeah, I should be a statistic. And when people ask me if I have any siblings, I tell them, no, thank God I don't. Because statistically, I shouldn't be who I am and do what I do. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> but during that time, I learned to be content within my misery. That means for me, it's I learn how to maneuver within to give me the illusion of being happy. So when I understood the difference for myself, like, <laughs> it's like, whoa, what? Because happiness to me is that you're okay, no matter your circumstance, and you're really happy and you're really striving through it and you still see the positive and everything versus being content and just maneuvering within. It's kind of like, um, when you say you break your elbow, which I have, <laughs> so I can use that. Um, and then you hold that, before I got my cast on, I was, I was very careful walking with it, making sure I don't bump into anything, you know, and I didn't feel any pain. That's kind of like being content. Happiness is having an elbow that works and you can do everything to do with it and no pain and, and all no of that. Yeah. And yes, you can be content and happy at the same time. Right. Uh, and that, that's what I really enjoyed because of people like you and I who have been through some extreme life experiences. And, and that was a word that kept coming up when people would refer to you and I when we were in a we were in a group of people, we were at a networking event and they, people would overhear you and I speaking and we, we received from that, well, 
I didn't have that extreme of an experience, but you and I've been through extreme experiences. And with those extremity, extreme things, we were describing the difference of whether it's an emotional situation, a psychological situation, but we were able to talk about this contentment versus happiness because of that. So just wanted to talk about that. Now I wanna talk about your recovery a little bit because you know people like you and I are doing just fine, but not everybody is right now. And because of that, no matter where somebody is, we have a, you and I have a lot of compassion because we've been there. Just because we've been there doesn't mean we're gonna go back into the mud pit but we do have systems that will help. And I loved your seven steps. I'm just gonna read them very quickly to people just so that they are aware of what you offer, but we're only gonna be covering three of them because of time. So the first one is gratitude. The second one's forgiveness, love yourself, nurture the subconscious, mindset, go with the flow and have fun. And believe it or not, you really have to go in that order. I, that's where you and I were definitely in 100% agreement. We both had different words we use, but it's the same experience. And so let's talk about gratitude and your experience with it. Like you were watching the Oprah Winfrey show and she started talking about this gratitude journal. And then share a little bit more about that if you don't mind. So when I watched the show, I was, I call it my dark ages. I was in a, in a really bad place mentally and physically and everything. And I watched the show and I saw what you talked about, the gratitude. I didn't do anything with it. Um, it was just, I mean, the seed was planted for me. It was there. I had the information, but I really didn't do anything with it because I couldn't understand. It's like, I'm so miserable. How can I be grateful? What is there to be grateful for? And the day I decided uh, not to end my life and take charge of my life and take my powers back is when I remembered Oprah talking about being grateful. And then there's always something to be grateful for. Even sometimes it's just a lesson. So I started out with her tips before I go to sleep, write down 10 things that I was grateful for that day. And the first few were easy because they're like in your face, you know. And then the, the last like four or five or so, three, four or five. That's when it gets really tough. And I had to dig deep and I was like, well, what the heck? Oh, there's nothing. It's like, I can't see anything. Blah, 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 blah. But I stuck it out and I found three things. And sometimes it was just, <laughs> this is really silly, but I was glad that I didn't have the ants in my house like my next door neighbor did. <laughs> you all of a sudden, it's that comparison thing. Well, at least I'm blah, blah, right. yeah, whatever that thing is. I right. agree. Whatever it is. So it was like this butterfly that just happened to fly by. And, you know, it's like you really grasp for straws. But what it does is it changes your neural pathways because now you're actually looking for the positive. And what's nice is when you do it before you go to sleep, you end your day on a positive note. So before, before I went to sleep, I read out that list again. And then I write the same list out loud again when I woke up in the morning. Because now my mind right, is on it. And that, that was something that I was really uh, impressed with. You know, I've heard a lot of people talk about how you get to happiness when you're in a pit of some kind, whether it's despair or grief or what have you. And one of the things you talked about that pulled you out was, yeah, you were writing the gratitude journal, but you were writing things down before you went to sleep. Then you read them out loud. And then the next morning when you woke up, you wrote them again. And that will definitely change those neural pathways. And you go into detail about that. The other thing you said was you can't pour from an empty cup, right? So share with us a little bit more about how you were able to literally fill your cup. So just picture a regular cup, say it's filled with red wine. 
okay? And then if you have white wine dripping in, so the red wine is all the ugly and the, the darkness and although, don't get me wrong, I do like red wine, but just, just for the visualization of things. It's a metaphor, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> but you can use any, any dark liquid, it doesn't really matter. You know, and then you just drip clear liquid like white wine or water in it and little by little by little by little. And, and the, the clear, the, the white and, and the, the clean, that's all the good stuff, the positive, the positive reinforcements and, and all those good things. Eventually, you keep dripping that in there long enough, all the other stuff moves out. And that's so, where you are able then to give forth what you were yourself receiving. So, yeah. This was one you and I both had to work on. And when we were having our discussion, I was very happy to be able to just really dig, dig down into a lot of, we got rid of a lot of the superficial stuff. So forgiveness, mm. that one, sometimes um, we find ourselves trapped in our dark ages mm -hmm. because we're having to forgive the unforgivable, uh, what some people would call the unforgivable. And so one of the things that you mentioned, I was like, man, I wish I had had that. Uh, you talked about this. You say, forgiveness doesn't excuse bad behavior, but prevents your heart from being broken by it. So share a little bit about that, because that was a very much a you know, mind blower when I finally realized that myself. But I really mm -hmm. wish I had had those words when I was in my dark ages. <laughs> well, I don't think I had those exact words back then. I right. just went, went through it, you know, and for me, it was, it started when I had to write a letter to my mother of everything that she's done. And I was like, yeah, I can write that. And I had to bring it to my, to my uh, uh, shrink appointment with me. And I was like, so I handed my letter that I wrote to my psychiatrist and she goes, oh, I don't want it. I need you to read it loud to me. Wow. Oh, girlfriend, let me tell yeah. you. But reading it out loud, I release so much anger, so much frustration that for me, that was the beginning of the forgiveness. And, you know, to go through, it's like, yeah, and I've said it in my head many times as a guy, I forgive you because I understand it's not for her, it's for me. And then something triggered me and it all came flooding back and I was like, oh, I guess I'm not so doing so well on that forgiveness thing there. <laughs> And I like the way you were so forthcoming and very authentic about the fact that it's layers and literally you feel like something out of Shrek with Donkey talking about emotions and layers of an onion and all that kind of stuff. But it is, it's layers of forgiveness. And you and I were both describing how we had to come to it in our own way, each by an individual, but literally when you start realizing that this forgiveness thing is not for any other thing than a gift for yourself. Right. And um, that was something that uh, when I hit it anyway, with my forgiveness part of it, it brings that sense of peace. But, you know, you can talk about peace and contentment and all that. But when you're in your dark ages, man, you got to find your own form of relief. And you may have to try a lot of stuff that doesn't work for you. And I tell so, you, it's tough. It's not. I mean, it's easily said. Right. But, it, but it's tough. And since, since I actually wrote the book, I have learned so much more on the forgiveness part. <laughs> Isn't that the case? As an author, I'm done. I'm done. I've written about it. No, you're still working. Well, because your thing is, is like, we don't stop growing. Right. It's like, I have done so much personal development for myself, you know, and, and it's like, 
every time I learned something, it's like, oh, I thought I had this down. It's like, yeah, I got this forgiveness thing. And then it's like, oh, but hmm, did you think of that? For real? <laughs> yeah, it's a real piece of work at that point, right? It, it's it, a real it piece of work. But for me, the biggest piece was understanding that, um, it's like for my mother specifically, she didn't know any better. See, she simply didn't know. She didn't know how to love. She didn't know how to be a mother because she never really had any of that either. Mm -hmm. You know, so now that compassion piece comes in. And it's just. <laughs> and, when that, and when that hits, you feel all of that fall away from you. And then you're mm -hmm. not, your entire world isn't triggered then by right. stuff coming up. And as I like to say, you know, come up and bite me on the butt when I'm least expecting it. And I'm boohooing in the middle of some something mm -hmm. because of all that forgiveness that need, that's still waiting to come out. Right. Yep. And the biggest exactly. thing on forgiving is you take your power back because mm -hmm. when you hold on to anger you give all your power to that person or the circumstance or whatever happened to you and you're just reacting you're just keeping reacting so it's kind of like being on that hamster wheel you're just you're just doing the same thing over expecting different results it's like wait that's the definition of insanity is it not right <laughs> But it's like, really, it's like taking your power back and understanding that piece, that part on the forgiveness. To me, that was huge. It is. I didn't have those words on my path. It was, it, it was revitalizing that when I, when I didn't forgive, I lost my vitality. I didn't know how else to express it. I didn't understand this power thing. And I really enjoyed your book because you had a lot of words that I, like you said, I, I just didn't have that in my vocabulary. I didn't know how to, in my dark ages, I didn't know how to express myself that way, or I didn't have that tool in my toolbox. And so this learning piece was a, a very important to me too. So thank you so much for that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. And the other fun part, um, love yourself. You know, you can't, first you have to do the gratitude. All right. Like I tell people, look, if you're in your dark ages, just work on gratitude. All right then work on forgiveness. That whole love yourself, ooh, that's down the road. You know, it's like, you might as well be on a logarithmic curve. You know, I love math. So you might as well be on a logarithmic curve when it comes to the love yourself. Uh, that gratitude and, and forgiveness have to be pretty much uh, not done. I don't know if it's ever done, but really complete, like having a sense of completion before you start on that love yourself. You wanna share a little bit more on that one? Oh boy, how much time do we have? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> we talk well, about the, the part with, with loving yourself has nothing to do with being um, uh, self-serving or egotistical or any of that. It has nothing to do with that. It really has to do with, again, you can't pour from an empty cup. Back to that. You know, because it's like, it all starts with, with you, with me, with, with you, with everybody within. So if, if we cannot fully love ourselves, how can we love somebody else? And it's like loving yourself means you take care of yourself first. It's just like in an airplane. When they, when they do the safety thing, what do they tell you to do with the mask? Do they tell you put it on the person next to you first or do they tell you put it on you first? You put it on you first. So, so you can practice. Yeah, I, uh, you've used this metaphor. Forgive me for interrupting, but That's it's fine. like we hear this metaphor a lot. But 
I can remember my dark ages and, uh, and I can remember when I was coming out of the forgiveness cycle, I was off that train. I did not know how to love myself first. And right. I heard that metaphor. So you'll forgive me. I heard that metaphor. I didn't know how to implement that. So give me some ideas on how, how do you implement that? Love myself first. What are you talking about? I'm a mother. I have four children. I have a husband. I have elderly parents. What is this love myself first? I'm sorry. This was my, this was where oh, I no, was. That, that's cool. I mean, for me, for the longest time, the love myself was... <laughs> <laughs> It didn't resonate. I don't have well, any because, idea what you're because saying. Because we're taught from when we're little, you know, it's like, oh, help the elderly. Take care of that. Take care of your whatever, you know, take care of others. Is all we were taught to take care of others first and put our own needs last. Mm -hmm. That's how we were brought up. That was in Germany. That's here. That's everywhere you go. Mm -hmm. And for me, my, my thing for me was because it's like, if my mother can't love me, who can? Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So if my mother can't love me, I never learned how to, to love in that sense, much less love myself because I was told you're fat, you're ugly, you never amount to anything, you're worthless, I never wanted you, blah, 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 all of these things. It's like, how can you love yourself when you're not lovable? So for me, it was actually um, starting little things falling in love with myself and being okay with who I am, with all my flaws, with all my shortcomings, my perfect imperfections. I love that in your book. I, I really enjoyed that part. <laughs> your perfect imperfections. I'm like, there you go. Right, because we're, we're created perfect. Mm -hmm. It's just we have all this outside noise telling us how to think and how to be and, and what to do and what to not to do and wah, 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 wah. So it's really hard to do that. And what I love is... Um, and I have exercises in my book pretty much after every chapter. Mm -hmm. And this one is look in the mirror every day for 30 days. And then you say your name out loud. And for me, it was Beanie. I love you for. And you just list things, even if you don't feel lovable at that moment, say it out loud anyway and look yourself in the eye. Because here's the cool part. It's kind of cool, but it's kind of like, ah, oh, at the same time. Well, because it's like we can lie to everybody. Right. But we cannot lie to ourselves. Right. And when we say it out loud and we say our name, it's kind of like we're saying it. Yeah, we're saying it to ourselves, but we're also saying it to another person at the same time. And it hits so much harder somehow. I can't explain it. I just know it works. Right. <laughs> it's like, how does your car work? I don't know. I put the key in, I turn it, it goes places. <laughs> Actually, I just push a button, but that's okay. Oh, that's thing. right. That's right. <laughs> I just push this button, Max. That's what we I We don't do. know why. It's like gravity. We don't know why it works and how right. it works. We just know it works. That's right. Yeah, it's brilliant. You know, and, and that's the same thing. And it's just like, and the more you do it, it's that repetition. The more you do it and the more you do it and the more you do it, the stronger those neural pathways go. And eventually you start believing it and you'll start acting as if. Mm -hmm. And that's actually um, Neville Goddard, yeah. Power of Awareness. I love this. Assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is you want, assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled. So it's like if you love yourself, pretend you love yourself until you do. And that was something very powerful. Uh, you and I have both talked about how we came at our own, uh, got out of our own uh, 
holes or pits or you know dark ages in our own ways but i knew i had finally caught on to something big when i went out and i remember the first day that i bought myself flowers just because i love flowers and i had been waiting on someone else to bring me flowers you know i was taught you don't go after what you want. You wait for the universe to bring it to you. There's a lot of stuff there. That's right. My book, not yours. And uh, <laughs> so the, the day I went out and I bought myself a, a yellow rose. And I remember thinking, everybody told me, oh, don't buy yellow roses. They mean this. They mean that. And like, they're my favorite. And they were my favorite. And I got this yellow rose and I was just like, wow. And I remember how empowering that was. And I could feel that same sensation as I was reading through your book. And I was, I was looking at those exercises, specifically the one where you look in the mirror that resonated with me. Cause that was something that I did. I didn't do the gratitude journal, but looking in the mirror, looking myself in the eye. And sometimes I would sit there and I would run the taps because I didn't want anybody to hear me sobbing because I was struggling so hard. I know, right? <laughs> right? And you and I were like, yeah, okay, let's not talk about that anymore because we're going to ruin our mascara because we were at that networking event. Yeah. So mm -hmm. love yourself. That, that's something. Love yourself. And treat yourself. Be good to mm -hmm. yourself. You yeah. know, do something for you. Not, you know, it was like um, I had a friend over the other day and she loves to cook. She, I mean, she's a chef. She loves to cook and she goes, oh, I got to go home and I got to go to dinner. And I said, but that's not for you. She goes, oh, but I enjoy doing it. I said, and that's fine. Enjoy doing it, but it's still nothing selflessly for you. And that's the key that you really brought home in the book was, you know, you've got to make sure that whatever it is that you're doing selfishly for you, whatever, whatever that looks like. So thank you. I just wanted to really bring home that love yourself because that... That was a, that was a struggle for me. That, and my exercise too was looking in the mirror that 30 days. That was the one I keyed in on. So mm -hmm. let's, let's lighten it up before we bring it home a little bit. Let's lighten this up <laughs> just a tad. And you had that beautiful saying by Michael Jordan. I just, you know, he's just such an all around cool, cool guy. And that was just play, have fun, enjoy the game. Mm -hmm. And so that's number seven for you. Have fun. And I think no matter what's the, say again, I have chills. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yes. I know. Have fun. <laughs> and, and that, that's the part that, um, when people ask me, Janine, why are you so happy? This is a horrible time. I'm like, yeah, but I'm learning how to have fun. I've always learned how to have fun in, in a situation, whether it was a funeral, I had to be careful how that fun. I, I, I know what you mean though. But whether it was a funeral or it was a birthday party. So Talk to us a little bit about how you learned how to make your fun coming out of your uh, dark ages. So for me, I've always had the gift to look on the brighter side and help others see the brighter side and be better and be more. And at some point, I just, I can't really tell you. It's just happened. And I learned, it's like, you know, it doesn't matter how bad things are if you find the positive the gratitude part you know and then you have fun with it and you build on that and it's like sometimes it's just a teeny teeny tiny spark in this this massive darkness that i was in but it's like i held on to that little spark it's like it was light just like yeah if i fan it if i blow on it i can build a fire and yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> and then i learned now it's like whatever i do if it's not fun i'm not doing it because we're here on this earth to have fun. 
not just to go to work and, you know, make the money and raise the kids and do blah, 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 blah. No, we're <laughs> here to have fun. We're here to enjoy the journey. And that's, ah, oh, you can't put a price tag on that. No, you can't. And when you, when you really catch on to that aspect of, of life, that's when you know you've found your purpose. That's mm-hmm. when you know that, oh, I, I now I've got it. I've got it. That, that purpose thing that people kept yeah, talking what, to what's you up about. With that? Yeah. You know, when you were a teenager or whatever. What's a purpose? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so not only are you an amazing author, and, a, and an international speaker, and you have had the ability to run around with Mo the service dog. He's worldwide, you know, famous too. <laughs> but you have this collection, you have this cadre now. Tell us a little bit about this cadre that you've built. Oh boy, my, my baby. <laughs> yeah, your baby. Because, you know, you found your happiness and you knew you wanted to share it. And now right. you've expanded how you're sharing that. So talk to us about matters. Right. Well, it's fun though. Um, April 1st, 2018, I walked away from being an unsuccessful, unhappy mortgage loan officer and from everything that I should be doing. And I stopped shooting all over myself and I liberated myself. <laughs> you know, and I decided it's like, oh, I want to do on purpose, with purpose, what I've been doing my whole life. And I want to do coach. I want to help more people. And nothing flowed because you know, sometimes when you force things, nothing flows. Um, I wrote the book real quick and then it just went from there. And then, um, was it March 27th of 19? I had the idea. The idea. The idea. Like the idea. The idea. Yeah. I was, like, I was, I was, and I always say it's like, I was gifted the idea because I was brainstorming for something completely different. And then I was gifted this idea and I sat there and I cried for about 20 minutes or so, maybe longer. So what it is, what I started is with, with Matters of Perspective is um, connecting coaches with clients. Because I've been a client at one point. We were military family, two kids, really no money. And I understood the value of coaching, of getting a coach. And I'm, I mean, I listened to Jim Rohn and I listened here and there and read books and everything. It's like, oh, I need a coach. Well, military family, two kids, one income, no money who do you hire? So, and we didn't have like 5,000, 10,000, whatever, thousands of dollars to just throw out and hope it lands on the right person. So, and then, you know, April 1st of 18, it's like, oh, I'm a coach. So I'm this official new coach. So I'm on this side. It's like, okay, now what do I do? How do people know who I am? How do I build credibility and, and everything together? And then my idea is bringing it together at a, at, a, at a rate that's very budget friendly and everybody wins. And it's just, hmm, that's my baby. That's my purpose. <laughs> right. So this matters of perspective because I, I was lucky enough to be around a lot of the people that Beanie was working with and bringing them on board. She has managed to basically be a matchmaker between clients and coaches. Mm -hmm. So if somebody's not working for you, instead of you blowing that $5,000, which has happened to me, I I was like, oh, oh yeah, I totally know your story. Where you blow $5,000 on a coach who you think is going to help you with either your business or depression or stop smoking or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden you realize not only is this person the wrong person for you, their personal experiences and what they're good at, which I'm not saying they're not good, but they just aren't 
they aren't in line with anything. And so well, that and the personality, right? Too, for and me, because so, I remember when I was a student in school, if I didn't like the teacher, I didn't learn in that subject. I, not happening. No, it wasn't. It's <laughs> matters, matters of perspectives is great because Beanie is going to help you find the right coach. And if there is a personality conflict, she'll find another coach within the organization. So it's the best of both worlds. The coaches are happy because that was the thing I was there with you as, as a coach myself, as a financial one. Um, I was telling her about, I am always looking for people to hand off clients to, which I know we're hitting a dead end. We need, this person needs other help. And so now you have a whole group and so that is matters of perspective. So thank you so much for doing that because you're serving so many different communities with that. Thank so you. with the book, Happiness Matters, and you writing about it, since this is the writer's hour and creative conversations, tell us a little bit about your creative process. You, it wasn't like you'd written a ton of books before. You just, you, this one, right? I just whooped it out. You just whipped that out. So tell me about that, crazy woman. Sure you did. Oh, boy, oh, boy. So I knew for a long time, even when I was in my dark time, at some point I needed to share my story. I, that, that's one thing I've always known. I never thought about writing a book, really. For me, it was more like speaking because I can reach more people faster. So when nothing flowed for me after liberating myself there in April of eighteen. Um, I was like, I was like, oh, I'm a coach and I'm going to put stuff together and nothing flowed, but strange and random people came up to me asking me about my book. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What the fire truck? I don't understand that word. What you're saying? What do you, what, what, what? So, but also, you know, I talked to the universe. I finally said, fine. And I don't different to the universe than most people. I'm like straight to the thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, fine, you want me to write the stupid book? Give it to me. And I could hear the universe laughing. It's like, okay, shut up, listen, and write. And I sat down and I started writing. And I actually wrote and published the book in under three months. Right. It just flowed out. Because I got three myself months. out of the way. Right, right. And I've heard that over and over again. I've, I've heard authors talk about how it took them 10 years to write the first book and after that they were writing a book a year and I'm like what happened in that 10 years and then there's that's where the story gets really interesting with each author I so bet. yeah I just wanted to say thank you because when you actually sit down to write you can get published in 90 days because Beanie is here to share that with you in Happiness Matters, Unleash the yep. Superpower in Seven Easy Steps. So, Beanie, thanks so much for being with us today. It was thanks lovely so much for having to have me. you. I know how busy you are. I'm going to let you get back to getting all those coaches rounded up and clients and getting everything organized for them. Thank you. But give uh, Mo a pat for us, and we'll chat with you again soon, I hope. I will. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.